Well, if I can encourage you to um, find your seats. And we're going to delve into God's Word before we um, celebrate communion together. Uh, I'm Tim, by the way, if we haven't had a chance to meet. I'm, I'm conscious there's nearly always um, new people or visitors. So it's really good to see you. We are working with a, a metaphor in the, just in the middle of the book of Jeremiah, where God tells Jeremiah to go to the potter's house and watch a potter at work um, preparing uh, the clay to be molded into a pot. Uh, so I'm going to read that just to refresh this, but I'm then going to come flip into um, the New Testament. So I, th- I know, I think the I think the passages are going to be on the screen, but if you, I always think it's good to have it in the book as well. So page 736 for Jeremiah 18. And then if you just stick your finger in page 1113, um, you should be in the letter to the Philippians. And again, if you're just those watching at home, um, you've got your own Bible. So we're in Jeremiah 18 and Philippians chapter 1. And I'm also going to just read a little bit in chapter two. But just while you're finding that, just to say on the, on the fair on the green, two weeks' time, Saturday the, the 2nd of July, uh, my apologies, I, I'm really gutted that I'm not going to be there. Because um, it's a highlight of the year, and we haven't had it for two years. I've really missed it. I'm going to be at the ordination of Russell Rook, who's our new um, minister in secular employment. It means he's effectively a part-time curate. So he'll be with us on a Sunday, but working in Westminster during the week. So you won't see him much during the week. Um, but uh, he'll be here on Sunday. He's getting ordained. I said to, I wrote to the diocese and said, look, is there any way I can get out of this because um, I, want, I, I want to be at the fair? And they said, no. <laughs> um, uh, it's important, for, uh, it's really important for Russell. And I, I, mean, I asked him, I said, do you mind if I try and wriggle out? And he said, no, not at all. Um, here's the reason. And, he, and here is the reason. So they, they estimate seven or 8,000 people wash across the green in that day from about midday till about five. Um, and we are the only people who give away stuff for free, as far as I can tell. Oh, a few leaflets and things like that, but substantial stuff, tea and coffee. And we, we give it away. We say, look, God has given us so much, we just want to play it forward. So be our guest. But here's the other thing. This is why it would be great if you could turn up in person, as well as make the cakes. Is all the stall holders, in the past there's been 80, 90 stall holders. They're all local people. They, they have their business or their shop or the whatever it is. And they're all locals. They're our community. But often it's just them on a stall or a little shift. So they're just there. So they can't leave the stall. And they are, if it's a day like we've had the last week, they are gagging for a cup of tea. But they can't leave. They're prepared to pay for a cup. And what we do is we go around with a tray of tea and we go around to the stall and say, would you like, can I give you a free cup of tea? And they say, oh, please, how much? Do-? No, no, no. No, it's free. God's blessed us with so much for free. We just want to pay it forward with the church just across the way. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It means someone. I've had notes back. And he was like, are you part of the church? Were you for the church who gave us the free tea? Thank you so much. It has just tiny little action, so simple, has a disproportionate impact in, in the kingdom. It's just tilling the soil so that we can sow the seeds. If you don't get a chance to, I mean, bear in mind, they've got their stuff to do. So, you know, it's not like we've got 10 minutes to ram the gospel down their throat necessarily, unless they, <laughs> unless they ask for it, um, in which case be my guest. Uh, so I, that's why, I, if you, and if you can just do an hour, you know, if you can, oh, well, I've got between three and four, great, come along between three and four. Uh, and we'd love to have you help out in that way. Uh, Jeremiah 18. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then, 
the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, house of Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, house of Israel. It's a word to the nation, not just to to individuals. Uh, Here's what Paul writes to the church in Philippi. Um, verse, chapter one and verse three. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And just over the page, chapter two and verse 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Short word of prayer as we feast on this for a few minutes. Father, thank you that you are good. You are a good potter. We're saying good father, you're a good potter. You are skilled and you shape our lives for good according to your plans and purposes. Help us, Lord, to inhabit this metaphor of being transformed, shaped by your hands. Enable us to to risk, to step out as we come and take bread and wine as we seek to go out into the world transformed. Give us the courage, the inspiration, the vision for what you're doing in us as individuals and as a church body, as a community here. Teach us now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, So we've had these sort of stages of uh, pottery, ceramics. Uh, We've looked at preparation. You have a cold lump of clay and, and you, can, you have to work it and warm it up and knead it uh, to get rid of all the little air pockets in particular. They, they can be lethal. Uh, if your pot has an air pocket in, then it'll collapse the pot. Um, pre the kiln, if you put a made pot with a little air pocket hidden in it and you put it in the kiln, the heat will explode your pot and every other creation in the kiln as well. So the importance of preparation and then centering we get a lump of clay and it's vital that it's on there. You, you, you won't be able to make a pot if it's going like this. And the forces, the centripetal force, I think it's called, that, that, that what's one of the force it out, you've got to work against that. I can remember centering, and I could feel my triceps you know, burning as I was working against the, the resistance of the clay to get it centered. But once it's centered, then you can make a, a thing of beauty. I think we've got, we got a little, there's a slide. Have we got the little video as well? Just. There's the, there's the work at kneading the clay, getting rid of all the stuff that would inhibit growth. It's a mucky old business. You notice the potter's hands are just always involved in the clay. They, they get wet and clay, mucky themselves. And then look, just uh, we'll come onto this this evening. Just, just how delicate, intricate, focused, contrast to the pummeling the making of the pot is. Look how delicate that is. How fine, how steady those hands, how focused her concentration. And there it is. 
uh, a vase, a jug, whatever it is, uh, a thing of beauty. Here's, here's my further, I've got three brief points uh, around creation, creating a pot around um, the, the, the essential goodness of the potter, even though if you're the clay, you probably feel quite pummeled, quite moved around, but the, the potter is good. And I just want to pick up that thing in, in this kind of being form that Paul uh, references here, urging us to continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, which was the twins reference from this morning, um, and we'll, we'll come on to that. Um, First of all, creation. So preparing the clay and centering the clay are fairly sort of dull, tedious. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of anyone could do it. You, you don't have to be a potter to, to just pummel clay so it becomes warm and all the in, impurities and, the, and particularly the little air bubbles that are pushed out, just anyone could do that. You, you could kind of be you know, watching a film as well, which is pummeling the clay. It's not particularly skilled. And actually centering itself is just, you know, you just have one job. You've just got to get the clay on the center of the wheel as it's spinning. And it, again, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it just requires a fair amount of strength. It's just getting to the place where you're ready to create a prot is basically that the, the preparation and centering is, is kind of just tedious. It's sort of mundane. It's nothing particularly sexy about it. But the, the creation, by contrast, you saw it in the video, as you start to, to stick your thumbs in the center and, and draw up the walls of whatever it is you're going to make, it could be tall and thin, it could be wings of you, flan it out, be whatever it is, then this takes, it's different then, that takes skill takes a steady hand. If your hand gets too dry, it can begin to you know, buffer the place. You need to keep so wetting your hand with a bowl of water here. And you saw it. That the hands are always around the clay, forming, shaping. And the, the, the wall gets really quite thin, delicate, very precise. And this is the, this is the work of God in our lives. He, he's, he, when he's doing the preparation, when he's doing the, 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 you know, the, the, the need and the preparing us, he's got in mind, like the potter has, the vase or the jug or the... He, with a lump of clay, he's getting the lump of clay because he can see in his mind's eye what it, he wants that clay to become. So it is with us. This is, a, this is a great verse here. We pick up Paul's confidence. Philippians 1, verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you. Notice the, the good work, if we mix what Paul's saying with this metaphor, that kneading, pummeling, as you begin the work of preparation, that's a good work. It's a good work. And he who began the good work will carry it on to completion. We haven't got this next week. <laughs> you, you know, when, you, when the pot is, uh, as we saw it just at the end there, you know, if, you, if you just you get a sort of cheese slice and you kind of scrape it off the thing and you, you lift it carefully uh, and you let it dry out. But if you just let the clay dry out, eventually it will become so dry and brittle it will just crack and break. You need to glaze it and then fire it in a kiln. And that's what means your pot will last. Otherwise, no matter how beautiful your creation, how well you prepared the clay, it, it won't last if you just leave it there. So it has to go through the test of fire. It has to be proved. And he who began that good work will carry it on to completion, firing, kilning. And he has the end in mind for your life and for mine. So that's the, that's the first Thing. And I, I say that just because sometimes I think we can be tempted to feel 
that there were moments in our lives as individuals, maybe moments in our life as a, as a church, certainly the nation of Israel, I think, felt this, where God had moved on. He, he was with them, very clearly, Exodus through the Red Sea, uh, wilderness, the fire, the cloud, into the promised land, clearing the land, uh, the, just the, the, the temple we saw, Ezekiel, the, the building, initially a building of the temple, God's presence, ah, oh, yeah, we are God's people. And then Babylon, an exile. And, and this is the context into which Jeremiah is preaching. There's lots of you know, doom and gloom as we caricature it. There's lots of heavy words, judgment of, of God bringing kind of punishment, retribution for their idolatry. Has, has God tired of us, the nation, we're asking? And I wonder if sometimes we just stuck maybe in patterns and cycles of, of sin, growing cold like the clay to the potter. I wonder whether we think, oh, God's kind of moved on for me. There was that time when I was at uni or I first started reading the Bible, maybe the book I read and, and a conversation with a friend and I, yeah, this felt so real and, and God felt so close. And I, you know, just living through life and some of the prayers I was praying haven't been answered. Some of the things I've been dreaming about or hoping to see in my life and the life of others haven't quite worked out as I thought they might. And if I'm honest, I'm feeling a little bit sort of weary, touched, distant from God, disappointed, maybe even a bit disillusioned. I wonder, you might be tempted to say to yourself, I wonder whether the potter's moved on to a warmer lump of clay, something that looks more exciting. He's going to make something else with someone else. He who began a good work will carry it through to completion. God has got an end in mind with your life and our life. He's, he's working in us as a church community. I think we're going through, everyone is post-COVID, but we, we are particularly with you know, the, the sort of refurb here, what we're anticipating with next door, just with how he's put us with a, this whacking great green. Thousands of people are gonna wash past that in two weeks' time. The opportunities he's given us, it's working in us. He's working in us. You're tempted to think, oh, well, you know, I hear other things in other churches, you know, fantastic. God bless everything God's doing everywhere else. But he's working in us. He who began a good work will carry it through to completion till the day of Christ. God's not moved on with you, with us. He, he might, um, you remember the bit in Jeremiah 18, Jeremiah watches that potter, again, I, I wonder how long he was there, and he watches the potter, and that the pot that was being shaped in the potter's hands was marred. I, I don't know in what way, maybe it had a, did you notice on that one, it was slightly, it wasn't quite, it was a bit wobbly, wasn't it? It needed a little bit of work to just bring it completely level. And, and maybe there comes a second, oh, not quite. I, I remember watching a really, skilled guy when I was at school, this was my pottery experience years ago, but he was just so brilliant at sort of, you know, making these great things and then he just literally just claps them down into the ball again. And then he sort of, it was almost like he was playing. He was just like, let's do something quite wide. And bring it back. And he was just sort of playing with the clay. You know, it just wasn't, no, that wasn't quite right, so we'll just bring it back down again and then we'll do something else. And Jeremiah was like, yeah, this isn't quite right. This is it's good, it'll do. Bit wonky, but it'll do. Yeah, but God isn't into it'll do. He, he has the perfect version of you in mind and he's working. We're not there yet, but he's working that in, in each of us. 
he's good and he hasn't moved on. And, and that's the second thing, the, just the, the potter is good, God is good. Um, this is in Philippians 2 and verse, uh, well, the second half of um, verse 12, continue to work out your salvation. There's a, there's a sense where God works in us and we cooperate, literally cooperate. We work together with him. So we continue to go with what he's doing. As, as his hands are shaping us, we'll go with that. We won't resist it in order that um, his, uh, we can uh, will and act in order that his good purpose, verse 13. But look how, we, look how we do that. We do it with fear and trembling. Look, the potter, his skilled hands creating his good purposes in us. So we work with him with, with fear and trembling. Now, now that's, is that a slightly odd phrase? We sing these songs about, you know, God is so good, he's so loving, he's so kind, he's so gentle, you know, he's sort of this wonderful God. And isn't fear a bad thing? We, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't fear God, should we? It isn't talking about fear of God. <clears throat> it's talking about fear and trembling. And it, I think it's more the fear, kind of fear as in, I dare not lose the goodness of God. I dare not lose the purposes of God. I dare not lose sight of what God is doing. And um, I, I sort of had a, Analogy this morning, but it's born from our own family experience. When our um, children were quite young, um, back in the sort of Middle Ages, uh, and we, 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 I kind of reflect now, we, we probably, we, we were probably a bit austere. They're very kind to us. We've just had a holiday with, with all our children. They're all in their twenties now. Kind of, you know, they're, they're now perfectly capable of giving us feedback. Um, <laughs> uh, they're, they're kind of quite kind. But anyway, during, so during the week, we had, you, could have, you had a choice of two drinks at a mealtime. You could have water or you could have juicy water. And they fell for it. So we went with it. Um, it was basically water during the week. It was just water. But at the weekend, sun, like Sunday lunch, was a treat. And you could have um, a fizzy drink. And actually, their favorite was, was lemonade back then. When this, I don't think 7-Up had been invented. But anyway, so you could have a fizzy drink. And, um, and so I would, we'd have a bottle of, you know, big bottle of lemonade. And they would have their glasses. And they'd bring up their glasses like this. And I'd open it. And we, I'd kind of quite like the theatre of it a little bit. And sort of to make it a thing. So, you know, I'd, it would be lots of sort of oohs and ahs. And we'd sort of open the thing. And I'd pour in the, the thing. And I'd deliberately let it sort of froth up. So all the froth went. So I'd stop like that. And they'd, they'd look at me. Because they, they know what's going to happen. All that froth is going to go down. And they've only got a third of the cup. So they'd wait there, kind of, you know, come on, Dad. And I'd sort of look at so, you know, give the look as if you, you want more. The whole sort of olive a bit. And um, I'd pour it in, pour it in, pour it in, until, top it up, until it was right at the top. And I remember, it was, I mean, I particularly remember it with, with Emma, who's our youngest. And, and, like, it was on the side, and her place is just, I don't know, five or six steps away from where I've poured it out. But this is what she'd do. With, bear in mind, they've been looking forward, they've been longing for this lemonade all week. It's been water or juicy water, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, lemonade. And there it is, sparkling and fizzing away. So the surface is dancing right full to the brim. And, and this is what Emma would do. This is, this is how she would carry, transport her, her special drink to her place. She'd go like this. 
and she put it on the table. And then she'd drink it. <laughs> and it was just, the, that was fear and trembling. I dare not spill, I'm five. I could, I, I'm perfectly capable of knocking the whole thing over. This is my one drink I've waited all week for. Fear and trembling lest I lose a single drop of the lemonade. And it's that sense that Paul invites us into here. Continue to go with the goodness of the potter, the skill of his hands on your life. Sometimes pummeling and kneading, sometimes drawing you into difficult conversations that you need to have to get out the air bubbles so that when he comes to form and creates something in you, it won't collapse, it won't explode, it won't create havoc for everyone else around. And you... Through the kiln, the, the fire, the test, you will be proved and will last forever. That's what God has in mind for you. So go with it. That's a good thing. Go with it with fear and trembling. I dare not lose God. Of course, I don't need to tell you about all the siren calls of the idols left and right. Get assurance or advice or help this way or that way. You need this. You need that. No. Eschew those for the Lord. Continue to work out your salvation, our salvation. That's why we have life groups. If you're not in a life group, I urge you to get in touch with Joy. Come and see me. We, we would love to ensure that you have the opportunity to help with the Lord's work, cooperate with the Lord to shape one another here at St. so that as a church, we can work out what it is to live in fear and to work on our salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose in your life. In our life, as a church community, this service with the 9.30 and the 8 o'clock before it, um, well over 100 people every week meeting to be shaped by God, to be a witness to the peoples around. Amen. Amen. Let's pause for a moment as we will just prepare, bring the table out, and then we'll uh, just have rehearsed the liturgy of communion to prepare ourselves to receive this God through Christ, to know him personally, equipping us and enabling us to live our lives for him.